All right, troops, and welcome to Snapdragon Duplex. We're on episode number five now. I'm Randy Phil, and again, we've got Mikey Mac recorded his thoughts on AEW for the week and anything else on his mind about wrestling. So let's just kick it off. Take it away, Mikey. Hello to all you beautiful, sweaty marks out there, and hello to you, Randy, you beautiful, sweaty mark. I hope you're doing well, mate. Uh, I'm live and pre-recorded again from the sunny North Sea. It's the 24th of January, 2021. Let's get into this week's AEW. Start of the show, it's Minus One's birthday bash, Brody Lee Jr. And the match is the Dark Order and Adam Page versus your man Luther. Oh, fuck. Serpentico and TH2. The sexy dominatrix glove-wearing freaks. <laughs> so it starts off, they had a wee bit of a birthday bash, get everyone to sing happy birthday for Minus One. They had a wee cake for him. John Silver starts teasing the new recruit Adam Page and then your man Luther comes out to spoil the fucking fun with a promo for the ages where he calls Minus One a doofus. (laughs) Then he says he's going to ruin his birthday uh, which prompts uh, Stramash on the ramp between Dark Order and the Chaos Project and then TH2 come flying in for the backup. But happy days... Hangman Page comes flying in for the save of the Dark Order and the match gets underway. Uh, a few spots I liked in this. The big fuck off. Your lip. man Luther was using his pals as weapons, just <laughs> dumping them one after another onto John Silver, which was stupid bollocks, but I loved it. I always love stupid bollocks. The fact that Luther is being portrayed as kayfabe and competent more than being kayfabe chaotic. <laughs> It's a lot more believable for me. Uh, Hangman uh, had a lovely fallaway slam, which he tried to follow with a kip up, and he nearly got it. Almost. It kind of reminded me of pretending to be Shawn Michaels in my trampoline when I was away, <laughs> and doing the least impressive kip up of all time, where you're kind of pushing yourself up your hands, going, "Yeah, yeah, I did it." And your mate's like, "Yeah, yeah, you got there. You kind of did." So at one point, Page, Reynolds, and Silver put themselves up into like a piggyback tower. And then they fall back as a senton, which was a really cool idea. But again, it was another one where it just looked a wee bit no. botchy magoo. Adam Page just, you could tell he was struggling a wee bit with the weight. So he kind of, it looked more like he fell over than he like purposefully came back on them and dropped the lads. But really cool concept. Another spot, Jack Evans hitting a springboard 450. And he was about half a foot short. So he just ended up smacking his puss off of John Silver's belly. And then, like, slapping the ground behind him. <laughs> it was not nice and nice, but it was fucking funny. I really enjoyed that part. And then that leads us to the finish of the match. Uh, your man, Luther, he gets cake smashed like a baby. Uh, brilliant. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't love a fucking cake smash spot when you're grown adults watching <laughs> fucking scripted sports. Um, Serpentico gets hit with a buckshot lariat and then he gets pulled into a German suplex and then Alex Reynolds, Alex Reynolds sorry, follows that with a Gemini pin for the 1-2-3 and it's Dark Order go over lol again. Yep. Uh, overall, for me it was a pretty crappy match. Um, there was a couple of nice spots. The spots that I thought really stood out for me were the botchy spots which is never a good nah. sign. Um but that finish was lovely. It was just what I like about AEW, just smooth wrestling. Uh, overall, it just didn't really hit for me. After the match, uh, minus one, hits a pentacle with a kendo stick and then slams his face with a stack of papers. 
and we find out if Adam Page is going to join the Dark Order. Does he join? Does he fuck? <laughs> he says he can't do it. But as he says he can't do it, they drop the banner and they play a music for He Said Yes and there's streamers going off and it was fucking brilliant, man. That was... It made up for the whole kind of shitey match. It was just this... This spot yeah. was just perfectly timed. Uh, he says that he's done the group thing before and it didn't end well for him and he grabs a bottle of JD and he fucks off with his head hanging low. And I absolutely love this segment, mate. Uh, I really like that Paige hasn't turned heel to say no. It's focused on trust issues more than anything else. It's kind of bringing back that old kind of feud with Kenny Omega, uh, refreshing it in your mind that this is still something that's playing in the background. You know, it's something that he thinks about a lot. And it's good because he gets him out of this Dark Order storyline. I think you can kind of let the Dark Order kind of go off and be their own thing. I think they've kind of all got their own personalities now, and that's good. And you don't need Adam Page to really help build them up anymore. They've made it. Do you know what I mean? Adam Page can go off and do his own thing. And just be the drunken cowboy swinging in and battering cunts, I guess. Which would be good, now that I think about it, because Moxley's going to be gone soon. Yep. So that'll be good. Um, what do you think, pal? Yep. Well, as you were saying, fucking kicking off the match, a massive flip to the outside. Loved that. Again, fucking match. There was nothing happening in it. Nothing really got me excited. End was good. It was the stunner, buckshot, Larry into the German in the pin. That was a cool wee ending. And again with the Luther, it doesn't go fucking face first into the cake. It goes elbow first. He even fucks that up. But man, he must have dirt. He must have pictures of Tony Khan or something if he's getting all this time on telly. Fuck knows. Nah, there's no chance that this is over. Way. Adam Page in the Dark Order. If anything, I'd be the Dark Order and I'd be pissed off that he knocks his back and then takes our fucking Jack Daniels off his... Like, nah, you, you want the Jack Daniels and then he join the Dark Order. But nah, he's, this isn't over. Hangman, Adam Page in the Dark Order, it's either they're going to keep pressuring him, well, not pressuring him, keep trying to get him in, or they're going to just make his life a fucking hell. And I think it is going to kick back to the whole Young Bucks and Kenny Omega carry on. Is it going to be Adam Page in the Dark Order versus the Elite? The Young Bucks and Omega or the Good Brothers? Who knows? Let's just fucking see where it goes. So that builds us into MJF and Jericho with a wee backstage segment. The highlight here for me is the start of it where MJF turns around and says... Your breath literally smells worse than rats having an orgy in a running microwave. <laughs> 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 Even as I read it, it's fucking so good. Um, Malibu Stacy Y3J, uh, he's absolutely positive that the three-way inner circle tag team tonight, it's going to bring them all closer than ever. They just need to figure out who's the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, excellent promo again. MGF and Jericho, the chemistry between these guys is unbelievable. And it really does feel like Jericho's passing the torch to MJF now. Yeah. What do you think? Um, MJF and Jericho, I don't know what it is. We'll get into it towards the end of the match or end of the show or whatever. Aye, there's something something bigger playing here. But we'll, we'll get to it when we get to the match. So now we get back to the ring. Uh, and it's Sting. Tony the Shagger starts bringing Sting out, doing his <laughs> usual spot of screaming at Sting, which I'm getting bored of, but hey, here's what it is. Uh, 
um, Sting comes out, has a wee bit of a chin wag, and then they call out Darby Allen for a bit of a chin wag. Sting says to Darby that there's something about you that reminds me of me. All their and fucking like, makeup. It's the face paint. Yeah. It's not that difficult to figure <laughs> out, mate. You've both got face paint. You, maybe it's the bleach blonde surfer here, and he's getting reminded of his youth. But anyway, he congratulates Darby on being the champ. Clears the air that he wasn't meaning to get involved in the match. He was just trying to make it fair. And Taz interrupts to call Sting out for talking utter shite, reminding him that he cunted Ricky Starks with a baseball bat, which is fair enough. Um, you know what I mean? Aye. Then Taz offers the challenge that will take this to the streets, and he calls them bitches. Bitches. Darby accepts because he's the baby face. Of course he does. So this is it, mate. Here comes your cinematic match. Uh, a street fight with Sting, Darby Allen versus the entirety of Team Taz. Yeah. Fuck knows. But it should be good. And there's going to be some daft bollocks, maybe some weird supernatural shit. Who knows? Going to be grand. Can't wait. The only question I've got for you is, if Sting starts smacking cunts with baseball bats in some dark back alley somewhere in America... Could he not actually go to jail for that? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because you're not in the confines of a ring or anything. Street like, rules apply. Beating people up with a bat. Fuck knows. What do you think? Um, street rules apply, doesn't it? He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Says Sting. The match itself. I'm fucking over this whole Darby Allen versus Team Taz. They should have just ended it last week. But nah, fucking drag it out. So now they've got Sting involved. They've got the cinematic match coming. Again, we said Team Taz, is it going to be fucking five of them? If we've got Ricky Starks, Brian Cage, Will Hobbs, Taz, and Taz's son Hook, is he going to get involved against Darby Allen and Sting? Sting can bring a bat, Darby Allen can bring his skateboard. I will give the edge to the five guys. Five guys, here we go. Um, I'm done with it. I'd prefer to see Sting doing his own thing. Like, his own cinematic match now. You've got a fucking seven-man clusterfuck about the atom. They're going to need to put a lot of plan a lot of time into this, and we'll see if it pays off. This leads us to a segment where the Young Bucks arrive at Kenny Omega's house, and I've just got to say, that is an absolute sex pad, isn't it? Oh. It is stunning. But anyway, they walk in. Um, I don't know where they are. It says Miami, Florida, but look, I mean, if we've ever been curious of whether it's Starfish Island or not <laughs> it's fucking Starfish Island it has to be Kenny's young boy Butler shows him a sexy <laughs> painting of Don Callis and Kenny Omega topless and they're looking like Mr. July and June for your auntie's calendar yes I love the painting so it seems that Kenny's not turning up he's no, he's totally ignoring the bucks and Don Callis turns up and starts saying ah, he's a bit too busy to see you in his house you know what I mean? He turned <laughs> up his house, he's not here. Danger uh, wank. He doesn't have a number anymore. So he takes the camera off the cameraman, he sends him and the interviewer guy down to the dungeon, which, you know, <laughs> is kind of like having a folder on the computer that says definitely not porn on it. Do you know what I mean? There's no way the dungeon's dodgy, is there? So Don takes the camera and places it perfectly facing both him and the young bucks. You know, at this point realising that, oh, there's no way the camera's still on if he's put it down, you know what I mean? How does a camera work with that <laughs> But anyway, he hands the Young Bucks checks and the Young Bucks are like, fuck off, we'll make this in a week. You know what I mean? And they're like, bit of the road, we're not dating that. 
the ombuds hit him with, we worked for the company that you are vice president of, and we know that this check's not good anyway, and they rip it, which was <laughs> clever. And it's mm. brilliant, it's just shots fired at TNA. Yep, well, fucking, and all I can say off it was a fucking great oil paint, I loved that. They need to get that, they need to put that on the website, get that up there as a wee canvas or something, people will buy it, people will spend money on anything. Yeah. Aye, you see the fucking camera, camera gets obscured, there's a big commotion, and they, impl- they imply that there's been a bit of a fucking scuffle, and that plays into later in the night again. So let's just, let's keep rolling. So now we're back to in-ring action, finally. Uh, we got Pretty Peter Avalon, the sexy librarian, versus Cunty Cody Rhodes, <laughs> the poster boy for Willie won't he be ever become a heel in the AEW. Never. So all I've written down for the start of this is, oh fuck off, this Snoop Dogg <laughs> remix is now its theme forever, <laughs> and it's so fucking bad. It is shite. Every week, I'm never going to drop this until he drops it. It's fucking shite. This needs changed. So Cody, if you're listening, and I know you're a fan, <laughs> drop it. <clears throat> so the match starts, Cody hits him with a crossroads instantly, and decides not to go for cover, he starts gloating, he starts kind of posing a wee bit, it's just, what a heel, you know what I mean, just total heel. Mm. But um, before he can turn around and take his wee pin, uh, Jade Cargo interrupts and distracts him, so the librarian boots Cody's boss, and instead of deciding to go for a quick roll-up, uh, he decides to start adding slow punishment by like giving him a wee bit of punchy kicky, which is there a kayfabe explanation for this fuck knows is he just stupid who knows mate so he gives Cody enough time to get over his sore balls there was a spot where Peter Avalon did a leapfrog over Cody and hurt his knee I don't know if it was a botch or not and they just rolled with it or was it like a worked botch but whatever it was it looked botchy magoo Mm. so the match finishes they're in a figure four they kind of chop and change, do the roll over and reverse it, then roll it back. Uh, then Peter Avalon slaps Cody while they're in the, in the, f- the figure four, and Cody raises his hand up like he's going to smack him. Peter Avalon <laughs> shites his pants and taps out. Well, the match was actually going okay until this, and it's just, it's not even Cody being a heel, it's just kind of like booking being a cunt. It's, like it's not fair at all to Peter Avalon, they just made him look like a fanny. He's just been punchy kicky, he's got back up after a, after our crossroads and all sorts and he's just he's scared of getting one more slap mm. load of shit load of shit and I think they just buried Peter Avalon off the back of it so I'm not happy with that what's your opinion mate? I fucking I wasn't ha- I wasn't entertained with the match really I liked the end at the end it was fucking clever where he goes to slap pretty Peter but he just taps before he can get it doesn't even tap because of the submission where he may or may not have fucked his knee, they could have played with that, nah, he taps because he doesn't want a slap. This was just a fucking match for the sake of getting Cody on, getting Jade Cargill showing her face about. Fucking not much to it. I wasn't fucking entertained. Cody's just fucking about now. I'm over it. Make him a bad guy. After this Shaq, well, it must be the bad guy leading up to Shaq. Who's going to fucking boo Shaq? But I think it's next week Cody is going to be replying to the challenge of Shaq. So we'll see We'll see this Wednesday on Dynamite what happens. So we had another backstage segment. Uh, it was FTR with Tully Blanchard and Jurassic Express. 
So it starts off with Tully saying that FTR need the belts. That's the next thing that they need. And Jurassic Express turn up and they say, well, sorry, Jungle Boy says that I can beat both of you, you just know the best. <laughs> you just know. <laughs> so, long story short, leads to a bit of back and forth and it's going to be Jungle Boy versus Dax Harwood singles next week. And one thing I have to say is I just cannot figure out or remember which one's Dash and which one's Dawson. Do you know what I mean? Like, every time I see them, I'm like, oh, that's Scott Dawson. I'm like, is he fucking Dax Harwood? Is he Cash Wheeler? And for me, Dash and Dawson... Sorry, Dash and Dawson. I went a bit Sean Connery there. <laughs> I'm thinking Dash is Cash, but he's no. Dash is Dax. Doesn't matter. I'm struggling with it. I don't know about you. Nah. Um... I'm the same. I wrote down Dax Hardwood just because that was the first name that came to my head and then I couldn't even remember Cash Wheeler's name at the time. So I had to wait until they said the names until I was 100% sure before saying Jungle Boy versus Dax Hardwood this week on AEW Dynamite. Um, yep, Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt will be there along with Tilly Blanchard and Cash Wheeler all got to be ringside. But Cash Wheeler and Tilly Blanchard are going to be handcuffed to Luchasaurus so, it's just got to be Jungle Boy and Dax Hardwood in the ring, one-on-one going at it. Um, should be an entertaining match. And um, we did, at the promo they were saying FTR are the number one contenders for the tag titles. That's, that must change. It's got to be changing whenever uh, they have this battle royal. It's got to be a way to keep FTR top for the title runs or challengers, but not actually giving them the match. They'll give it to somebody else for this battle royal but I'll hold off and I'll see if you've got anything to say about the tag battle royal and give you my thoughts on that so yeah then we get John Moxley's music's hitting I'm like oh didn't expect this this is good uh, he comes out in his usual cargo pants and his he's got a hoodie on mm-hmm. and I'm like he looks great it's just that genuine vibe of someone who's just a hard cunt who wants to fight people and it's good anyway he's fighting Human Sasquatch, Nick Camarotto. Who the fuck is Nick Camarotto? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he looks like Giant Gonzalez's love child with the fucking cavemen from the Wacky Races. But what are you going to do? <laughs> but to be fair to this big Muppet, he did the. It was, it was a shite match, let's face it, right? Mm. But when he ran straight at the turnbuckle, he put everything into that man. He's absolutely slammed into it. He came flying off the back of it. I was like, that looked fucking sore, man. <laughs> So, fair play to him, man. Um, what can I say about the spots in the match? A wee bit of back and forth, a wee bit of no selling from the big man. Um, Moxie had to put him down with like a backpack, rear naked choke, mm. and then put him to sleep, which I actually kind of thought was cool. Yeah. Um, then the match, I actually, actually thought that they th- that the caveman guy was quite cool. I was like, oh, I kind of want to see more of this guy. Mm. What about you? Yeah, Nick Camarotto. I think he's, I can't remember who it is he's training under, it might be QT Marshall, but I could be well wrong with that one. But the gun club, they were checking him out during the match. Big beast there, boy. You weren't expecting much for the match, were you? I said this last week, I didn't think it was going to be a big name. Nick Camarotto, he was on AW Dark a few weeks ago fighting Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy beat him, I'm sure, but again... He's just he's a new guy. Get him in, get him comfortable. He could be could be a big bad bastard in the future, hopefully. I think 
uh, it was a great end, great finish. I enjoyed that way. Moxley just choking him out. Quick way to end the match, and then there's a promo with Moxley after it. But let's see if you get to there. After the match, uh, Moxley says that he can't really keep track of who's who. He's like, who the fuck's in the Bullet Club? Who's in the Elite? Um, who's in Impact? And as we all know, the answer is none of them. They're all in Starfish Island Club, <laughs> and that's just the way it is. Um, when are you fighting Snoop Dogg? Anyway, <laughs> John finishes it with all roads and less, all roads in wrestling lead through me, which I thought was an iconic line. Brilliant promo. He's always been a good promo. Um. Yep. Yeah, so for the promo, I th- it was an all right promo, but I think it was just to sake of John Moxley going out there. He was saying a lot of words, but he didn't actually have anything of meaning to say from what he was saying which sounds stupid from my words, (laughs) but nah, I think whenever he says all roads through wrestling lead through me, I think this is going to be a build up to maybe some sort of gauntlet for uh, Moxley going through Young Bucks, going through Bullet Club until he gets back to Kenny, so that could be like four good matches there, maybe five if they throw another guy into the mix. Aye. Let's see how they got on. We've got a backstage segment next. Eddie Kingston backstage with Butcher, the Bunny and the Blade. Um, Eddie's saying that he's going to be fighting Lance Archer next week. So Lance shows up, says he's keen for it, and they're kind of giving each other a bit of fucking snash. Jake the Snake's back. Love to see Jake the Snake. Love his snakeskin shirt, by the way. That's brilliant. That husky voice, when he starts shouting, you have no idea what he's saying. (laughs) He's getting dead animated, he's like, and you're like, this is brilliant, man, he just looks scary, sounds scary, fuck knows what he's saying, quality, mm-hmm. absolutely quality. Yep, so that was uh, for next week, they've announced Eddie Kingston and Lance Archer, yeah, we were saying this with the whole pack, Lance and Eddie Kingston thing, this was one of the one of the outcomes that could have been Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer, so we'll see going going forward what's happening we'll see next week who's who's the big man around AEW this leads to us finally getting to see Kenny Omega Uh, he's backstage a reporter comes in he tells him to take a hike and Starfish Dawn is in the locker room uh, with a black eye inverted commas wink wink nudge nudge (laughs) so very heavy makeup Uh, and he accidentally lets slip that it was Matt and Nick Jackson that did it oh god who would have thought so he's a total Weasel. Bastard. Which makes me like him more. He's brilliant. <laughs> uh, we also kind of learn off this that Kenny didn't even know that they were turning up to the house, the, the Young Bucks. So it's all been a big setup by Don Callis uh, to get rid of the Young Bucks, presumably, and replace them with the Good Brothers. So I'm kind of looking forward to when we find. I don't know, I guess when they find out. Who knows? I hope this goes for a while. I feel like WWE have a, they kind of have a habit of building up tension for two weeks and then having them fight. So I hope this kind of builds up over months. Yeah. Kenny slowly learns that Don Callis doesn't give a fuck about him, really. He just wants the money for impact. So, yeah, slow build. Let's give it a slow build. Where do you want to see it go? I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you've just turned Kenny Omega into a bad cunt. This needs to last for a while. You can't just have him be a cunt for a month or two. 
then he finds out that Don Callis is doing whatever the fuck it is he's doing, unless you just make it that Kenny's playing Don, and he's got to go over to Impact, and he's just got to take his belts, fuck you, I'm taking your belts, I'm no wrestling for Impact, what are you going to do about it? Well see, I'm totally lost with what their plan is, and I enjoy that I'm lost, but they need to keep him a heel, he's the best bad guy they've got there now. Next match, uh, Matt Seidel, which is how you pronounce it, by the way. I made a note of that. <laughs> Matt Seidel and Top Flight versus Matt Hardy and the Private Party. So it's Battle of the Mats and Friends. Seeing Private Party walking out to some screaming heavy metal music, it was fucking weird. Yeah. Because uh, I know they've kind of had like the same gimmick as the Street Profits always. So, yeah, screaming metal's not really... doesn't fit that vibe, but still... Is what it is. Uh, there was a nice wee handshake, show of respect at the start. Didn't last very long. Um, it was all very fair play until Matt Hardy starts screaming at private party, like fucking put the boot into them, and they start working his heels. Mm. Uh, there was a really nice spot where um, Matt Seidel and his boys they were doing a three on two submission against the private party. Yeah. Uh, they each had a limb, they each had a leg, and they were all doing like a Boston crab. Loved it. Uh, so two guys being boss and grabbed on the floor by three guys it looked brilliant really liked that throughout the match I've seen that Private Party were working heel uh, Seidel and Top Flight were total baby facing it as well um, we had another standing Spanish fly in this match it's just every match seems to have a Spanish fly and a tope suicida or a super kick every match um I don't know, without a big crowd, it just kind of... It's kind of a bit samey. Yeah. Those moves in particular. I think the rest of the shows are always pretty good at keeping things unique, keeping things fresh. I'm just fed up with these spots. I just... No one ever fucking wins a match with a Spanish fly. So why are you doing this mad impressive move for no reason? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Anyway. There was a really good spot. Uh, Top Flight did like a leapfrog... Bronco Buster move onto one of the par- private party, so he was suspended backwards over the top rope, and then one of them ran like they were getting held by one of the top flight, and the other one hit the ropes, leapfrogged over him, his pal, and then Bronco Buster him down the ground, mm. and it was fucking great, <laughs> totally unique. Don't think I've ever seen this before. Um, the thing is, it's so mad. I don't know the name for it. The commentary didn't have a name for it. And it's so overly complicated sounding when I'm explaining it that I just can't really do it justice. It was fucking wicked though, man. I really like that. Uh, this led up to Private Party getting the win. Sneaky chair shot. Bad bastards. Shooting star press to finish. Which, by the way, I noted is Seidel's finisher. Yeah. Uh, nice wee cheat to win. Good start to them being heels. Good start to Matt Hardy being you know, the guy who forces them down the wrong path. Overall, it was an alright match. I wasn't totally into it, but I, but I was never bored. I mean, there was some really good spots. Again, like I said, a lot of the flippy people were doing these two spots that I'm getting a bit bored of. But other than that, it was alright. Power Party and Matt Hardy start beating the shit out of Seidel and Top Flight after the bell. They did that spot, by the way, which... WWE used to do it all the time, and I miss it. I really miss it. Where they ring the bell and the people are fucking about afterwards, and you're like ringing the bell like fucking <laughs> come on, the bell's gone. Do you know what I mean just in case they haven't heard it? And I, I, I always liked that. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and Matt Hardy finished the whole thing by hitting them all with a twist of fate, one by one. So, where do we go from here? Uh, I don't know. But I bet you've got an idea. Ah, uh, you fucking put me on the spot right now. I was just thinking the match wasn't a match for the sake of a match, it was a match for the storytelling and to turn the corner with the corner now being private party, have embraced what Matt Hardy's trying to give them teachings-wise and they're going full heel with it. I'm enjoying that. I'd like to see them go heel. Fucking give me more of that. How far can they take them? How much of a prick will Matt Hardy be to see how much he can take them to the dark side? I hope Matt Hardy's just like split personality somewhere in... It turns out Big Money Matt is a work in Damascus. Maybe Damascus is behind it. He's fucking about with the real Matt Hardy, creating this Big Money Matt, and he's just trying to recruit some some young boys. It'll be cool. It's good to see they've got some uh, some bad cunts kicking about in the tag division now. We've got another uh, Inner Circle backstage segment. A weekly one, I guess. MGF starts sowing the seeds that Chris Jericho's orchestrated this match. It's all come through him. Uh, MGF being like, listen, I'm just one of you boys, you know what I mean? I don't want to do this either, but I guess we just all go out and just do it for the team, you know what I mean? Just do it to make Chris happy. Uh, Sammy Guevara squaring up to him, really making it clear that they've still got beef. Again, a fucking promo that done not a lot. Maybe it's building for something much later down the line. But at this stage, I wish they gave the match more time rather than doing these fucking promos because it just wasted the show for me. Nothing else to say about it, mate. Next match is legit Layla Hirsch versus Penelope Ford. So Layla Hirsch is 4 foot 11. And hearing that and seeing her, all I can think of is that I want to see her fight Marco Stunt. <laughs> I don't know why. I just want to see it. And then here comes the young boy, <laughs> Chuck, no wait, Charles, Charles Taylor, in a lovely tuxedo. He's looking like someone that James Bond would whack in like the opening scene of some movie in some <laughs> shitty cocktail bar. Do you know what I mean? Miro comes in in a Gucci tracksuit looking like an absolute sugar. So, Randy, you actually sent me a text about this. Uh, you yeah. were saying that, see how Charles is a butler and he's carrying that white towel you were asking if I think he'll ever fuck someone over uh, by throwing the towel in to cost them the match. And I had not considered it. But as soon as you said it, I was like, that is fucking brilliant booking. And I would love to see that. And that really leads up to the whole fighting for his freedom kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I'm, if they don't do it, they should do it. Simple as that. Um, Kip... He makes Charles trip wee Layla Hirsch at one point, uh, which showing that he really is a wee bitch now. He just does what they say. There was only really one good spot in this match. Uh, Layla pulls Penelope's leg in midair, catches it, pulls it. Penelope drops into a splits, and Layla just absolutely twats her in the face with her knee, and then picks her up from behind and pulls her right up and over for a German suplex. Yeah. For the size of her, looked fucking brilliant. <laughs> Um, the match finishes you've got Layla hitting a flipping dive on Charles and Kip on the outside yes. uh, as she's getting back in Penelope boots her right in the face uh, 
uh, and pins her and Kip uh, leans in, grabs Layla's leg to stop her from kicking out. It's a pretty crap match, really, but mm. I'm enjoying all the kind of Charles Taylor, young boy, Miro kind of thing. I don't give a shit about Kip and Penelope, to be honest. Uh, the sooner they get Miro out of that, the better for me. After the match, Miro's bitching about Charles, uh, just kind of pushing him about, making him say that Miro is his best mate into the mic while he looks in the one of his cats in his <laughs> eyes. And one of his cats, he just looks on miserable. Um, um, <laughs> it's just best friends gimmick is dumb wrestling at his absolute best. It's like, can you imagine trying to explain to people who don't watch wrestling to another adult who doesn't like this shit? Trying to explain to them why these grown men hold hands and why it's so upsetting that he, he says <laughs> best friends. that someone they don't like is his best friend. <laughs> Although it's, it's just great. Yeah. Uh, fucking the match itself, this was one of the ones that was fucked up because Nyla Rose was meant to be meant to be in the match until she was in contact with someone who had COVID-19 so she was pulled from the match and that's how the whole Penelope Ford Layla Hirsch kicked off again the match I fucking I wasn't interested in the match if it was the original match I expected it would have just been a squash for Nyla Rose and it would have gave us more time for the main event which is what I was wanting after the end of this show Chuck Taylor, Miro all of them boys Chuck Taylor has to fuck him over somehow. The wedding's in two weeks. There's no way that they're just going to say, right, you were my young boy for two weeks. Wedding's done. Back to as you were. They're going to run this out for as long as possible. It's going to be Miro against one of the fucking Orange Cassidy or Trent Beretta whenever he's back to get Chuck Taylor back. And that's when I think Chuck Taylor will throw the towel in. I'm Miro's butler. Here's the towel, Miro loses by forfeit, and that'll give Miro his first loss on AEW. And then we're just going to get more of this fucking carry on, aren't we? Which I cannot be hooped with. Unless, in two weeks' time, at the wedding, Miro tells Kip Sabian, fuck you, me and Penelope are now a thing, and fucks off with her. And we've got, would that be a Miro face turn? I'd say it is, just because I want to cheer for Miro. <clears throat> so we get a backstage statement the good brothers fly in on Penta uh, what's he called again now Penta El Cero Miedo he was he used to be Pentagon Junior something right? like that yeah doesn't matter they come flying in on him Starfish Island Club they're just kicking the shit out of him uh, backstage You've got Kenny Omega now Don Callis they're choking him out with some cables and uh, they're <laughs> he takes off his boot and shoves it in Penta's face and makes him sniff it. <laughs> but they've taken Penta's own boot off and shoved it in his face. And he's like, he's not done anything tonight, he's just turned up. These are fresh boots. And even if they were honking boots, right, do you not think that the smell of your own shoes isn't as bad as the smell of someone else's shoes? It's kind of like, you know, you're not really that bothered by your own farts. So, like, if they shoved his own boot in his face, he wouldn't really be that bothered than, say, I don't know... Kenny Omega's been working out in his boots and they shove it in his face, mm. you know what I mean? Anyway, answers on a postcard, mate. I've, fuck knows. Fuck knows why they did the boot thing, but it is what it is. Well, I've just got fucking Good Brothers and Omega Jump Pentagon because I can't remember his name because it changed a few times as well. And then after that, I've just wrote, why? Why have they jumped him in the first place? 
don't understand it. Was it was it because him and Ray Phoenix Jr. super kicked the young bucks and this is them getting getting the young boxes back? Makes no sense for me. We'll just need to fucking carry on and see what's happening. The whole fucking boot thing. Maybe maybe they read his diary and finds out he's he's got something for boots. Gave him a wee bit of fetish there. It's now time for your main event. Main event. The Bocce Magoo Festival of Friendship. Yep. It's the inner circle three-way tag team match. You've got MGF and Y2J in one corner, Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager in another, and you've got Proud and Powerful in the third corner uh, with Wardlow just chilling. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a fucking weird idea, man. And, and as soon as you get them all in the ring, I was like, this just looks incestual. You know what I mean? It just it doesn't look right. Mm. It looks really wrong. It's just a big group of pals battling fuck out each other for absolutely no reason, but where do we go with this one, man? There's so many botches. Um, Jericho is in the ring for so much of the start of the match, and I know they were probably trying to get like a bit of heat on MGF being like, look look how much of a coward he is, he's just letting them take the battering, but it doesn't make any sense from the other groups. Yeah. Surely you'd be tagging Jericho out. Although I guess if he's getting battered over and over again, you'd be like, I guess he's easy pickings, so you'd probably be tagging out the people who are more fresh. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Fat notes, mate. Is what it is. Um, after a while, Jericho tags in MJF, and as soon as he comes in, Hager just lamps him. <laughs> it's quite <laughs> funny. Um, they tag Sammy in, uh, who enters with a springboard stunner, and that that move looks so good. Yeah, it's it should be his finisher. I loved it's it. Great. Sammy hits Santana with a reverse hurricanana. And then runs to the top rope to hit a Spanish fly on Ortiz, which was fast-paced, flippy shit, but Spanish flies. Why aren't we finishing matches with top rope Spanish flies? Yeah. It's just, like, it's the DDT thing all over again. Doesn't matter. It'll never change. From there on out, the match just becomes a total stramash. Uh, everyone kicking fuck out each other, getting a quick spot in. Jericho hits a really scary line salt. Oh, yeah. And he just doesn't clear it properly. And it's like, oh my god. It's the first time I've seen Jericho in the ring where I've thought he might be getting to the point where he needs to stop doing this so much. Mm-hmm. As in wrestling. Uh, he didn't really clear the line salt. His face kind of scraped off the mat. It was not nicey nice at all. Sammy hit Jericho with a botchy spinning GGH, which is kind of like. Uh, reverse go to sleep I'm trying to think how to say it you kind of pick them up instead of with the belly facing down the belly facing up like a torture mm. rack and then flip them over into, into a go to sleep Yeah. so anyway he hit Jericho with one of them spinning round and it was botchy Jericho just looked like he flopped the ground it was not nice <laughs> uh, then Sammy need MGF Suka kicks Santana lifts MGF up for a GGH and it's a really weird moment where MGF's knee hits Wardlow's face and somehow the momentum of that pushes him back to slide off Sammy's shoulders, roll up Sammy for the win. MGF and Jericho are the official tag team of the Inner Circle. And why? I get it in the storyline, but why does Jericho want to wrestle more? I'm like you need to go part-time, mate. This was a good chance to do the storyline thing without you having to wrestle as much. Yes. You just have Proud and Powerful win, who are an excellent tag team, and you go from there. 
anyway, storyline wise, always great within a circle. So I'm looking forward to how they play this out. I just kind of, yeah, I just want Jericho to kind of maybe do more commentary, less wrestling. Maybe get him in more cinematic stuff. Maybe get him fighting Sting in a cinematic match. That's yeah, good idea of the future, man. Um, yeah, it was a strange match. As soon as it became a stramash, for me it kind of started working. Everyone just kind of being a heelish cunt to win showed a lot of tension. Uh, there's not much coming back from it. I think it's going to be a, everyone's going to be a bit pissed off each other after it, but they're going to have to fall in line. Uh, the real issue with this was there was a lot of sloppy spots and botches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually did really like this match. I did actually like it. What did you think? Um. As I was saying, the match, it just felt rushed, I think. Whenever I, I went back and watched it again, it was 13 minutes for the start of the bell until the end of the show. And even though they had the two short backstage parts for earlier on in the night, they could have cut them and used more time for the match because the end of the match and the end of the show just seemed so rushed. They were like, OK, we've got a minute of TV time remaining. And then the word low, getting involved, knee... MJF rolling up Sammy Guevara with a handful of the pants. One, two, three, right, that's us off air. It, ju- it was just weird, it just ended too quick. Couldn't really process it, like, right, okay, so MJF and Jericho are tagged, right, cool, end. We're going to see what's happening this week with it, but at this point, I'm maybe starting to get a bit fed up with Inner Circle, just because they're getting so much, so much of the backstage stuff, see, with MJF and try to turn them all one at a time and it's just taking too long The we're building up too much for it now <laughs> there was a point in the match whenever Hagar went and they'd run into the corner done his big splash on a MGF Samuel Guevara got a tag in just before the end of the match and then Hagar runs over to start pounding on Jericho totally missed him and punched the ropes and I just laughed my ass off it was brilliant Ah, Jericho was looking a bit sloppy in it, but he is fucking 50-odds now, I'm guessing. I think he said that he had COVID as well a few weeks ago. He tested positive, maybe. And if you get that, your recovery time's fucked. He's, maybe he's just struggling getting back in with that, if it's just taking a toll on his lungs or whatever. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully it's all good. Maybe this is him just playing the role. Jericho loves to play cunts. He's just... Playing the old, I'm old, I'm fucked. MGF thinks he's got to get in here and take over for the inside. And then Jericho's just got to flip the switch, turn it on, and he's just got to fucking beat shit out of him and then kick him out again. AEW this week, I was fucking a bit meh for me. I think it, we just had two really good weeks in a row. Unfortunately, we had the whole Brody Lee tribute because of what happened there but that was a that was a lot of good matches that was like a a nice night for remembering them and then we had the two new year smashes one great show after another and they were just kind of back to like the normal weekly tv stuff that they've like hit the reset they're trying to build up their new storylines in the first few weeks is just a wee bit of teething so hopefully next week we can hit the ground running we've got a few decent matches lined up so let's see if we've got them covered so next week's show uh, we've got Eddie versus Lance Archer so 
for me it's got to be Lance Archer man they're building them up um, you haven't seen too much of them in singles action for a while mm. Eddie's great at making people look a million bucks Eddie can come back from a loss easier Yeah, it's got to be Lance Archer unless Eddie wins by shenanigans that's the only way that you can convincingly make it a good booking decision for Lance Archer to lose what do you think? Um, Lance Archer, Eddie Kingston I think you need to give it to Eddie I think he's had one too many losses Lance Archer you've not really seen much of him have we um, I'm giving it to Eddie Yeah, Cody's going to respond to Shaq uh, the only prediction I've got for this is that Shaq's going to show up finally I can't think of anything else do you know what I, mean? I mean it's going to be pretty cookie cutter Cody being like yeah I'm the son of the son of the plumber <laughs> Shaq's going to turn up and be like... I'm Shaq. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea. I'm just riffing here yeah. for no reason. What do you reckon? Um, nah, fucking... I've got nothing for it. Shaq's just going to show up. Do he, do what he done to Brandy. Just give him that wee smug... Aye, whatever. I'm fucking beating me. I'm Shaq. And I hope he does beat him. That would just be fun to see. We've got Dax Harwood versus Jungle Boy. I kind of feel like Jungle Boy wins. Uh, I think they're going to stretch this feud out. And if Dax Harwood wins, I don't think they can stretch it out. So to make it a monster feud, you need Jungle Boy to win to get the heels pissed off and they need to get the win back. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. For long may this feud reign. Yeah, well, I was saying earlier, we've got... Everybody's got to be at ringside, but... Cash Wheeler and Tully Blanchard are going to be handcuffed to Luchasaurus for it. And I reckon it's just going to be a bit of fuck about. The heels are going to do something heelish and Dax Hardwood's got to walk out with a win. But everybody knows it's going to be a cheat and this is what's going to have Jungle Express saying, nah, you fucking cheated for his, for the win and we're no fucking having it. So Luchasaurus... He'll get involved and he'll whip one of them. Say he'd whip Tully, but that'd be a bit fucking brutal. Put uh, Luchasaurus in there against Cash Wheeler the following week. The Young Bucks and the Good Brothers versus the Dark Order. Now, this is great. Uh, oh, this is so good, man. Uh, the Dark Order goes over, lol. <laughs> I, I really can't see it being the other way. I think Starfish Island are going to come in, they're going to fuck over the Bucks. I don't... I think Kenny Omega is going to piss all over the Bucks. Basically, it's going to be great. Oh, I can't wait. This this one's got me so excited. Yeah, for this one, I've got... Um, did the Dark Order blame the Young Bucks for Hangman not joining them? And is this the Dark Order seeking revenge for Adam Page whenever he was giving them the whole sob story of you guys are brilliant, but I've done the whole team thing before and it fucking hurt me because you had the elite with Hangman, Kenny, Cody and the Young Bucks. I think this will be Dark Order taking out their frustrations against the Young Bucks. And then you've got the whole Young Bucks and Good Brothers carry on as well. Do the Good Brothers no-show. And then you've got a 4 on 2 situation and the Young Bucks get decimated even more. Again, this is uh, this is the match that I'm looking forward to seeing this week. Let's fucking tune in and see. So in a couple of weeks, uh, the week after, they've been advertising for the Beach Bash. Um, we're going to have Kip and Penelope's wedding. <sighs> it's 
so this is going to be the there's going to be a big moment in it it's going to be Charles is going to be fucking up somehow um, Miro's going to get really raging with them somehow you're going to have Orange Cassidy involved you're going to have the other best friend whose name's fading me right now Trent I'm on Barretta. the spot which is great when you're on a wrestling podcast but, um, <laughs> yeah it's going to be good hopefully big stromash I like a stromash yeah two weeks time the beach bash the wedding is this the first AEW wedding that we'll see are they going to just go for the whole pro wrestling wedding angle and fuck it up somehow they need to nobody's got to tune in just to see a simple I do I do they fuck off happy the end I want big dirty Miro to get involved with this and just be like nah me and Penelope are now just a younger hotter Lana Kip F you and take the young boy with you Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa NWA title do you think Brit should just win it? Fuck it, why not? I mean, NWA aren't going, are they, right now? Or maybe they're back. You know more than me, you watch it, but I mean, if they're not going right now, fuck it. Do you know what I mean? Just make this a bit more exciting. Get two belts on the show. Get Brit Baker being a twat about it. Get her on the show. Wind the people up. I've got the NWA champion. I'm not even going to show up at NWA. Simple. And then if she doesn't show up, they can just take it off her. Do you know what I mean? For not showing up. And she can have a. She'd be raging about something. So, hey, give it a breath. Fuck it. Yeah. I think they are back. It's a YouTube they're doing, and sometimes get a notification that there's a show up, sometimes I don't. I have no idea at this stage what's going on with it. But I give give Brett the win. She's deserving the win. She's been on TV for a while now. She's got this fucking waiting room with Brett Baker, which was an absolute nightmare. She went out injured before that. She's fucking deserving it. Give her the win. Give her a belt. Fucking, let's just crack on for there. Lastly, they've announced a 20-man battle royal for a title shot of Revolution. Now, I haven't thought about this at all. Title shot versus Kenny Omega. So they're going to go with Moxley, right? Which would be the, the safe choice. But I think they should go for Pac. That would be good. Pac versus Omega at Revolution. That's my show. What about you, mate? Right. A 20-man battle royal for a title belt. I think... Maybe got this one a bit confused. I think this is for a tag t- tag title battle royal. And that's why I think this is whole FTR fucked off. So, I'll go both ways in case I've got it wrong. If we're going for singles... Um, Adam Page. Just get him right back in there about it. Fuck it. Page and Omega. Page still isn't 100%. He's fucked. That'll be a fun one to see. I wouldn't give him the win, but I'd just uh, give him a right good match with Kenny Omega to let everybody remember he's still fucking here. He can still go. He's not a fucking tag guy. He's not a trio guy. He is a single superstar. He was in the first AEW title match, losing out to Jericho. There's a reason he was there, and he will get there again. Just put him there, just so that we remember, fuck I, he's still quite young. He's got a lot that he can fucking do still. And if it was for the tag belts, if it was for a tag battle royal, I kind of want to see the how it'll play out if SCU wins it. But I'm still not ready to see them call it quits as a tag team yet. So hopefully not. 
because if they go against Young Bucks, they're going to lose, aren't they? They'll lose the belt. They'll lose the title match and they'll be fucked. Other tag teams, MJF and Jericho just doing their fucking usual shit in it. It'll be MJF and Jericho in there. They'll get a win fucking hiding under the ring or Jericho will be up doing commentary. MJF will be pussyfooting about. Unless you got another tag for the inner circle in. But I'm going against that because they've said it out. MJF and Jericho are the tag team of the inner circle on AEW Dynamite. And on AEW Dynamite, their rules mean something, as Jericho said a few weeks ago. Yeah, so I just wanted to talk about the Rumble because it's, it's on everyone's mind, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they've been building it and building it. And I know everyone's saying that, well, I say everyone. I'm saying that Daniel Bryan's going to win, right? I'm less confident about that now than I was before. So the way they're booking Shinsuke and Nakamura, have he won the gauntlet match and they fucked him over the Adam Pearce thing? Yep. He might win it. I mean, he might. He might. Um, I would like it if he was in the final four with Daniel Bryan. And I feel like the final four is going to be Shinsuke Nakamura, Daniel Bryan, Big E, and Randy Orton, maybe. Mm. And the Fiend fucks Randy Orton. He comes back to get him out. Because I don't think you can have the Fiend enter the Rumble and not convincingly win, right? So you get him to come back, take Randy Orton out. Then you've got Nakamura... Daniel Bryan and Big E so at this point you know right it's going to be a fucking Smackdown winner they're going to be fighting Roman um, my mate was telling me that he's convinced it's going to be Big E and he made a really good point about how you can have him get both belts you can make him go on a big full blown babyface run uh, you could kind of almost give him the Kofi Mania thing without the without the fan fanfare for it, do you know what I mean? Like, like the fans making the the making the main event happen. And I like the idea because I love Big E, but I don't know. I've got a feeling that it's going to be Shinsuke Nakamura, Daniel Bryan, in the end, the final two, and we're going to get a bit of a Taker and Taker and Shawn Michaels end to that Royal Rumble where they had a match. Mm. They basically had a full-blown match and uh, Taker won, which led to their feud to carry on. I think that might be the way to do it. You have a big, long match, Daniel Bryan wins, or Shinsuke wins, whoever wins, but they're not going to put the belt on them, are they? Roman's not going to lose the belt on Mania. Nah. Oh, God. All my ideas are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, mate? What do you think? Are you still are you still set on your choices? Um, see, I was thinking about it. I'm not sure. I don't think they'll give it to Daniel Bryan this year. If you're going to give it to Daniel Bryan, I think you need a crowd there. You need a big fucking cheer. But then if you're going to do it for Big E, same situation. You need a fucking crowd. If you're going to get anybody to win the Royal Rumble, you need a fucking crowd. But the past few weeks on SmackDown, they've been kind of pushing Cesaro a wee bit more. And I think it could be Cesaro. He's He's a good worker, but he can take loss, you know. He can win the Royal Rumble. He can say he's doing it to avenge Nakamura or whatever. And he goes to WrestleMania and Roman destroys him. But you would expect it anyway, wouldn't you? But it would be a fucking right good match, I think. Cesaro and Roman Reigns for the belt. You could get your close falls. You could think Cesaro might get it. That could build for a future for him. Unless 
Cesaro goes full heel with it and says, nah, fuck you. I'm going to rot to take on Drew McIntyre. I like Cesaro. Fucking, I'll get to Cesaro now. Oh, I don't know, it's just a fucking right difficult situation now, isn't it? Women's-wise, I want Bailey. Bailey and Cesaro are my latest heading into Royal Rumble. I think this will be our last one before the actual Rumble. So let's fucking see what happens. Well, that's me for this week. Um, thanks very much for listening. Uh, this one was a bit longer for me. Um, thank you, Randy, for putting it together. Uh, I had fun with this one. See you guys next week. Thank you, all you beautiful people. Thank you, Mikey. Alright, so that's us for this week. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. You can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at Snapdragon Duplex. Follow us and listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and wherever else you might get a podcast. Have a look, see if we're there. And you can follow me at Randy Phil on Twitch. I'll see you there. Take it easy.